0: Hey, everyone, it's Amber Love, and you are listening to another episode of Vodka O'Clock podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. The show and the website and basically everything that I do is backed by generous supporters at Patreon. If you want to join up, just go to Patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked, for, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can help my tip jar grow. So joining me back on the show today, I cannot believe it's been four years, Shannon Wheeler. Oh Shannon, Wheeler are <laughs> here. <laughs> Holy shit!
1: It's good to be here. Thank you. Four years. Four years. Really?
0: Oh my god! And wow. it was it was hysterical last time. I mean, I loved it. I'm like, oh, he's never going to remember, you know? But that um, was great. So you got you got a new book that we just have to talk about. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, obviously you're prolific and get a lot of cartoons out and everything. So, um, you know, you're busy with New Yorker stuff and Coffee Man stuff and, you know, everything else going on. But shit my president says, the illustrated tweets of Donald J. Trump is coming out this summer.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're um, the, the soft release is uh, 4th of July. Okay. And then, and then mid-August we'll have, you know, like it'll hit the stores, but yeah, 4th of July we thought was kind of an appropriate. That is
0: appropriate. I'm actually like, uh, it, it, did you hear my hesitation in saying my president? Because I've never said that before.
1: It's weird. There's definitely, you know, that was part of it is I, I kind of feel like part, our, as a country, we are digesting this information and we're trying to come to terms with it. And it's, unpalatable to to a lot of people
0: it really is so uh, and he makes it so easy to hate him yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) he does i mean
0: comedy this has been comedy gold like i mean you this is the one time where i can honestly say i mean of a of a politician anyway not just you know like some crazy drunk Alec Baldwin tirade or something, <laughs> but I mean this is this is one of those times where we can say I don't know if this is the Onion or if this is real.
1: Yeah, I've been caught a few times where I'll get a tweet forwarded to me or something. I'm like, oh crap, this is crazy, and but it was completely believable. And then I look it up, and like, okay, this was a fu- this was a joke. Yeah. but it you know it would have to do with like World War Three or um, or women or minorities or vaccines and, it, but it was so believable because he's done that so many, said things about those things so many times that it's like, Oh, okay. Well, it's just not that crazy, you know, but then,
0: yes, yeah, so it's not like not a day goes by that he doesn't say something stupid or arrogant. So, I mean, you've, you know, like you said, we've got a July 4th, you know, kind of, kind, you know, first publication date coming out but since he's tweeting every day something stupid how do how could you cut off and and then like submit this to the publisher top shelf and and just go oh god no i've got another one to do
1: <laughs> that yeah exactly that was that was really tough is like what's the cutoff date and and i kept saying oh no we got to squeeze this in, one in and then we'd bump one from early in the book to squeeze a new different one in but and then finally i thought you know what i could do is just make some zines to keep up like there's no reason for me to stop just because i finished the book it is cathartic for me where i read something i get angry about it and then i cartoon about it it's like the same thing i did in high school where my teacher would say something stupid and i'd draw a silly picture about my teacher and then so it's it's very familiar in a way in terms of how i'm making content <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's like, you know, the music of the 60s. It's <laughs> you just got to you're just channeling it.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a feed and I wake up in the mornings and I, it's like, oh, I'll see what new content I have today and um yeah, and, and the drawings like sometimes I'll tighten them up and try to do a good drawing, but most of the time I'm just kind of Thinking, you know, I'm not going to take this that seriously, and I'm going to have fun with it, and just sort of let myself be loose with it, and see what, and and that's been really liberating in a way too. Uh, you know, I'm not doing crappy drawings, but I'm, you know, it's it's loose.
0: Well, it, it's it fits because, um, like you pointed out in the the intro of, of the book, you're drawing him like this, you know, tantrum throwing toddler, and you know, it's not like you don't need, like, extraordinary detail the way the, you know, the political cartoons of Kegel or whatever go.
1: Right, and he's very much about broad strokes. Um, And so he'll say something about, with just nothing to back it up, he just throws something out. So there is an appropriateness to have a childlike drawing in response. I started off, when I first had this as as a thing to do, I was drawing him as an ogre and this kind of mean-spirited, large fat man Um, and a lot of people are drawing him that way like let's make him grotesque and it just wasn't fitting because a lot of what he's doing and saying is, is coming from a very childlike place
0: yeah, so, ultimately,
1: that's, yeah, I wanted to do it that way.
0: Well, and it fit, then. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, he is a very large person. And, <laughs> you know, that's what people always did with, you know, I'm in New Jersey, and that's what Governor Christie is like, too. Really loud, big mouth, large man. And, you know, so there's, like, the caricature is already there. Like, it's built yes. in. Um, and the two of them together was just, like, bananas. I mean.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he just tossed Christy aside, too. Like, he chewed yeah. him up and was like, okay, I'm done with you.
0: Yeah, like, go fetch my McDonald's.
1: <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. Like,
0: it's Yeah. Just to see a, to see this governor, who is such a bully here, kowtow and just be the little, like, puppy dog. do something amazing. Somebody, oh, my God. It was just, it was mind-blowing. It's like, oh, there's someone bigger and scarier than you. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> and there's such a history of Trump in New York too. And every yes. I mean, he, New Yorker I talk to is, just says, "Oh yeah, we know him well. We've known him since the '80s."
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's just I mean like the he's opened crap in New Jersey, and I guess I don't know he he was a Jersey resident, I think, and um, you know he's got the golf course here that he's at like you know every few weeks. So uh, it's just—it's like get out of here. Like we've got enough problems.
1: <laughs> now you
0: got your White House, and you think you have your Winter White House. You can literally leave New Jersey and never come back.
1: Well, he's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he'll be around for a bit—two years or eight years.
0: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my God, how did you handle election night? was, was like- I, you know
1: i i i, I thought, oh, it's a shoe in for Hillary, and I went and saw a movie, and I was like, yeah, oh, you know whatever, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, I got some bad news for you, you know you get a call from a friend I was like um oh, no i was I was in shock i was, i really it really surprised me, but you know I get things wrong so often on any prediction. I thought the internet was a fad uh you know, housing bubble. I thought, oh, this will last forever. Uh, every every turn, it's like I get it wrong. So I'm not surprised at all that I got the election wrong.
0: And well, everybody I mean, got it wrong. We, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there were millions of us that were so sure. Absolutely, yeah. completely sure.
1: <laughs> Nate Silver. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, boy.
1: Delete that bookmark.
0: Yeah. And, um... Yeah, but speaking of the golf, the golfing, and the golf courses, that's probably like my. It's hard to pick a favorite of his stupidity, but him picking on Obama's golfing is um, right up there. That's probably my like my favorite.
1: Yeah, they, I mean that, That's one thing that I noticed a lot is that, um, what I saw was that a lot of his anger at Obama was this veiled jealousy. So he's angry at Obama for golfing. Because he wanted that liberty. He was angry at Obama for the attention Obama was getting. So he does things to get attention. He's angry at Hillary for the business deals. And then he gets in there and does business deals. Like, it, it runs down this, there's a list of foreshadowing anything he's mad about, then he goes and does. So we can kind of chronicle what's going to happen over his term uh, just by rereading those old tweets
0: yeah a lot of people joke they're like it, you know is he nostradamus or something because i mean for for every like tirade that he has on twitter there's something from years ago that that counters it and yeah. and it's unbelievable the just this, ah it, it's sort of like this parallel universe <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i think it, i think it was just as he watched these other people he's like this is what i want yeah. and i'm angry that they're getting it and i'm not getting it i think it is a very unfiltered id um that he's expressing yeah
0: yeah and, that's and I, I think
1: yeah part of his popularity too is that id that he has um and that's not sexuality it's just self-indulgence and i think that's part of his appeal is that he said hey i'm unfiltered id you know, bring me in. Like this is, and I will do this for you too. Like I will, they will express your id through me. I'll validate your ideas by doing it myself. And I, I think that was a lot of his success.
0: Well, it was. People couldn't wait to be racist again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that it ever went away. It honestly, like, obviously, I'm, you know, we're not saying that, but I mean, openly. Uh, I mean, the Jewish centers that were targeted. It was. There was just a wave of them, and, like, he didn't say yeah. anything. And then he goes to the Holocaust Museum and is just, like, you know, thinks he's paying such, you know, great honor. It's like, <laughs> what are you even doing?
1: Yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, yeah, I think some of it, too, is just novelty, where people are wanting a novelty, and, you know, we got like, it.
0: He's, he's entirely a, a soundbite. Like, that's all he is, is just an entertaining soundbite. So the fact that he has all this responsibility, to me, is ludicrous.
1: It's weird. Yeah, that is definitely weird. There are people behind him and around him that have intense agendas. And I think, like, with – I don't think he cares one way or the other about race or one way or the other about okay. LGBT or, or – uh, he only know, cares about himself or,
0: like i mean yeah, yeah he cares he, about
1: himself it, he, and maybe his family
0: exactly like he would absolutely you know kiss Laverne cox if she were to back him and and like give him exactly. tons of money
1: right right yeah, i mean it's fascinating it's really it's really a, a, a case study um
0: in super villainy <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one friend of mine said he goes, "Yeah, this would be really funny if it weren't our president." I'm
0: like, "Yeah, that's, that, that that's sums
1: it up pretty good."
0: Basically, <laughs> and you know, so with the the fact that he's got his own tweets, and, and a lot of people say that anybody else, you know, unless they're an actual White House staffer, is off limits. I don't know if that's so true because the entire family has made themselves public figures. Yeah. So the fact that they've made themselves Celebrities and made themselves public figures openly. I think that I think that allows them to be targets. But you do, really did only you like specify just things that he said, not just the stupid shit his sons have said.
1: Right, right. Yeah, occasionally uh, I would do like the the Muslims on the rooftops where he would retweet it. Right. Um, that's the after nine eleven. I saw Muslims New celebrating. The, yeah.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah. And and which has obviously been, not obviously, but it's been um, debunked repeatedly, and there's absolutely no evidence of that at all, and he just doubles down on it until it kind of becomes some truth for some people, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of an exception, because I thought that was really interesting and, and significant, but for the most part, I wanted to just focus in on him, and his sons are have, have, are stepping up more and more in terms of tweeting stupid things
0: yeah i mean there's certainly plenty uh, you know his one child that is the one that he's ashamed of is the the one who i don't think has done anything like <laughs> foolish right <laughs> you know um poor tiffany um but then but yeah the the other three are particularly significant well and now he's you know and he drags his, his littlest one into it oh he's so upset about kathy griffin it's like really do you, do you think people were uh, <sighs> worried about the Obama children who were small and adolescent or whatever when there were effigies of their father being lynched I mean yeah that you was
1: know. that was pretty horrifying yeah.
0: I mean, in my own town there were somebody actually constructed a jail cell and put a Hillary um, prisoner in it <laughs> on their front lawn. I kid you not, it was right by the hospital I'm like like wow. so it's going to be a high traffic area they you know and it was just they were proud man it was like some like they refurbished a shark tank or something i don't know and um they yeah and they had that thing out there for i don't know how long i mean it's like a sign's not good enough anymore like just right thinking, right you know, let's you have a
1: diorama <laughs> a walk through with wax figures and yeah
0: I mean, on one hand
1: you know i i do i do want i am glad that people are pulling down some of the filters and expressing. That's one thing when I lived in the south I really liked that you would talk to people and they were racist and you would know it.
0: <laughs> you know, in, yeah, and you knew it? Yeah, there's no hiding. And I lived
1: in yeah, in the Bay Area and there was all this subtext about, you know, more more sexism or anger towards men or this or that or whatever, but it was all kind of been below the surface and Kind of, you, it would take a long time to figure out what somebody's real feelings were about race or gender or, um, so on that front, I, I do, I, I am glad that, you know, I'm glad that people are putting that forward. But on the other hand, it's like, man, rein it in and don't be an asshole. Like, this is disgusting. Like, (laughs) when you do these horrible, violent things publicly towards other people, it's just, That's not good at all. So mixed feelings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I see your point. And and it's, you know, it's funny because it's it's always people talking about, you know, oh, uh, there'll be a significant holiday, and they'll be talking about how we need to be peaceful and love each other and be tolerant. And then the very next day, these people in power are the ones who are, you know, passing policy Exactly contradictory to what they said.
1: Yeah, that was one of the one of his tweets about. Um, yeah, he gave it. I think. That was, yeah, it was the Jewish Holocaust thing where he he talked about one thing and then yeah. later that day passed a bill that was 100 percent the opposite.
0: It's mind-boggling. It really, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you, uh, you could have a, you know, uh, obviously you already have a, a ho- hilarious. Career path here as a cartoon is something I think so many people would dream of um, you get to have fun you get to but but you reading thirty thousand tweets and <laughs> trying to pluck out these gems i can't like it, you, you said that you started having some nightmares um,
1: yes well i you know i start I was working on the next like book of collecting New Yorker. Re- rejected cartoons because you send in 10 cartoons in New Yorker and every now and again they buy one so I wind up with this library of, of old cartoons and I was like alright I'll just make a little book and I just, beginning of the year and I was doing that, doing the next little book and I was so bored with it, I just, like ah, God, I just have to look at my own crap again and it was just and then my friend just shut me up he's like, ah, why don't you illustrate Trump's tweets and I was like, oh, and it just it was like an explosion, and I got excited. And I, so that night, I did like twenty of them, um, and just jumped in. and And I was like, "Oh, I could do a book of this." So I, you know, called the publisher and said, "Hey, how about I do Trump tweets instead of doing more of the same, which I'm just bored with?" And he's you know, like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Um, cool. So yeah, that's and it, I, I, it was one of those things where I go in thinking, "Oh, this will be easy." Same with the Bible project that I did, is is we went in thinking, oh, this will be a three-month project that's really easy, and then as we got deeper and deeper into the Bible, it just got harder and harder, and same with Trump tweets, where it's like, oh, I'll do a few of these Trump tweets, like, you know, I should really read 30,000 of his tweets. Oh, boy. (laughs) If I'm going to do this right, I need to, you know.
0: Did you stay, like, sober through this? (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't think I had a day of sobriety.
0: Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm it was
1: vodka clock every day.
0: Every yeah, uh, like it's round yeah. the clock. It, you know, it's a twenty-four hour news cycle, man. It's always vodka <laughs> o'clock
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, it,
1: yeah. It was it, it was tough. You know, like when I start when I start thinking about the impact and the reality of it, that's when it's really depressing. Where I think, hey, this guy has genuine responsibility. The world is looking at us. We're the leading power and this is representative of the United States, and it's kind of embarrassing. That's when I got depressed. If I looked at it, it's just like, oh, look at this silly thing, and what's he thinking about global warming? He's looking at snow and saying global warming doesn't exist because it's snowing. It's like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then I think, oh, no, this actually has, yeah, on, on the surface it's all kind of funny, and then, and then thinking, okay, he has the power to dissolve the EPA. Yeah, and it's going to affect our water supply, and it's going to affect my health. It's going to affect my kids' health. Like when I think about the impact, that's when I'm like, oh, man, where's that? <laughs> do I want a straight vodka, or do I? Let's just forget the mixers on this <laughs> one.
0: <It just>
1: <laughs> Rocks or
0: it, Scotch? I noticed it was um, a lot of people, even, even folks who aren't cartoonists started jumping on the bandwagon and taking his exact words from speeches or from tweets and playing with them and putting them over other things. Like one of the Twitter accounts that's hilarious is President Supervillain. Right. (laughs) And it's all Red Skull comics. Yeah. So it's like anything that Trump says with Red Skull saying it. And it just fits. It's There's a real zeitgeist
1: of it. Yeah, the Red Skull one – and then Mark Hamill doing him as a Joker voice.
0: Oh my God. Um,
1: Sikoriak is doing a great book, um, with, uh, Trump quotes and he's putting them to old Marvel comic style illustrations. Tom Toro is doing a, a book. We're going to do a panel together, um, pretty soon. And, and same as Sikoriak and I are going to do a panel in San Diego together. So yeah, there's a, like, a lot of people are kind of like this. Is, and that's what makes me think is like, as a country, we're trying to understand. We're trying to understand this and, and come to terms with it and grapple with it. So.
0: Yeah, it's it really like you said it woke something up in you, and it woke something up in 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 a lot of different people. Like Mike Norton is one of my favorite artists. He's a swell guy, and he started doing Little Donny comic strips. And oh wow! So oh, yeah, so um, he started putting them out, and then they got so popular that he actually like made a Patreon just to. Um, like keep up with it and have a place to post things. So, um, because people demanded more. Like it was, it was just like one day. Like you just put out one and was like, okay, I've processed this. (laughs) And people were like, no, more. We want more. And so the processing, I guess my processing is talking to people like you. Um, because I don't, I don't, I don't get to have that creative outlet of drawing something, you know funny or terrifying or satirical.
1: The Um, catharsis. It is very cathartic. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, we're all dealing with it slightly differently. And, you know, you have a traumatic event in your life, and then you go through stages. And And um,
0: there's no joke there. I mean, how many cartoonists and comic book people have you seen, you know, get injured, get sick? And now they have to have, like, GoFundMes put up because they're freelance and stuff. Right. Um, like, uh, Brian Glass just oh, yeah. fell off a ladder. Um, Jonathan uh. Mayberry tripped and fell and broke a couple ribs. I mean, it's it's just awful. Uh, yeah. to, to think, like, oh, my God, if these people aren't superstars in their fields, then – you know, it's like every day we're wondering: Do we lose our health care today? Because that's what I do. If I start thinking about health care, I'm like, "All right, time to take the cat out for a walk," and, <laughs> and I gotta get some air. I gotta take the cat out um, because I'll lose it. Because it's it's like, oh, I finally have medicine that allows me to walk without pain. So what's gonna right. happen if that gets taken away?
1: And one one thing that I think he's really found, and I think Obama is part of his intelligence on this is that trying to get something through to give people something is very difficult. But once people have something, trying to take it away from them is a 100 times harder. And so yeah. Obama's thought on the healthcare thing is let's get this through and then people will then rise to thing. it sure. and think it's good. And I think that that has happened. And, you know, a silver lining that I found on this presidency is that it's made people a lot more protective of their rights and activated a generation of, of political, politically aware kids, you know, who are like, hey, this is, if we want democracy, we need to vote and fight for it. And,
0: it's, you know, and this is all ages of people. Like Occupy Wall Street protests seemed like a specific, like there were no kids there. Um, right. <laughs> but when it came to, like, the Women's March and you know any of the sister marches like that i mean there were women in their 90s there yeah. were kids there's I, I mean it's the outcry is is unbelievable i love that the you know the guys that i know all the the men in my life seem except for except for my dad um <laughs> seem to be like really understanding and really supportive um so it's it's not just like a core group of people. It just seems like there's it, so many people at risk.
1: Yeah, it, it's activated people across the board. And and I can't imagine what's going on. I, you know, whenever I look at politics, I, you know, watch some, even when it's like the Comey hearing or something like that where he's, being interviewed and i just feel like we're looking at the ripples on a deep pond where underneath there's got to be just these monsters that are roiling about that we know nothing about and we're just seeing the effects at the surface um so i i just am curious what what is going on in there because i know with the people i know like you said it's like everybody's kind of activated in a way that i've never seen in my life and i'm just dying to know what is happening at the higher levels of, well, are they are they as activated? Are they as freaked out? Are they? Um,
0: I think they get freaked out when they're those that have retirement funds <laughs> notice the balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Because I once a week I hear my mother go nuts. <laughs> oh really? Oh
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: And wow. I'm like, just stop looking at it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean for and then no. she got like really nuts. She started looking at it like every day. And I'm like, Stop looking at it.
1: Wow. I can't imagine having savings like that.
0: I can't either. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what, what's that like?
1: Yes. Yeah. Sounds like it only causes stress from you know, yeah, I thought I was stressed out not having money, but
0: I know. that's <laughs> you know what the hell.
1: That's pretty great.
0: I'm just gonna enjoy my tea. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean the, the the and that each day I keep thinking like, oh, you know, the, the the shoe will drop and we'll sort of like close the chapter. But I wonder if he, because he's been in television for the last twelve years, like this has sort of been ingrained where he's imprinted on this idea of a cliffhanger. Because mm-hmm. he'll say, they say, hey, do you have tapes of your conversation with Comey? And instead of saying yes or no. Or I don't want to tell you. He says I'll tell you next week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like, you know, Same like too. there's your cliffhanger. Like why say that? Why not just say maybe or I don't want to say it or no or yes? Like he wants that. He's he's coveting this weird attention.
0: That's so true. And you know, like you you point out that he started considering political office back in the late 80s and stuff yes. and um, it was clearly a different time we didn't have Twitter and right. he, he didn't necessarily have a camera in his face whenever he wanted which uh, you know things are different now you know, it's, there's cameras everywhere <laughs> so I, I don't know if he would have gotten the satisfaction of that attention craving the way that he can today
1: Right, but clearly, there's a hole in his soul that he's trying to fill, yeah, and it's like eating sugar for dinner like it'll placate you, but it doesn't satisfy you, and so he's trying to fill this hole in through this weird drama, and it's not filling the hole, and so no. he keeps creating more drama,
0: Daddy didn't love him, daddy you know <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it seems like that's a – I've wondered sometimes if, like, all famous people have that hole in their – you know, and like – and so – Like they gave it
0: up to become famous? Like,
1: No, that they started off hungry in some way, that, that there's a, a psychosis. And so culturally, we're trying to give them attention to help them mature. It's a silly theory, but I thought about – you know, it's like one of those, like – I, know, I wonder if, like you know, like the Dalai Lama or something like, okay, let's say that he's a mature guy, and he could he'd be the same with or without all the attention, but um this or that actor, maybe they need attention because they need help spiritually
0: to oh, grow you have to, oh holy cow, I can't believe you said that I don't have my Kindle right um, at my fingertips, but i can I can bounce over to my Instagram because. I just posted um, sections of the Bhagavad Gita that perfectly describe this sort of personality. Really? And, yeah, They uh, uh, in this particular translation anyway, it's a conversation that Krishna is having with his favorite pupil, and he's trying to explain three types of energy and um and how it affects personalities and people's actions. So, of course, the one is when you're like in harmony and you're spiritual and you, you know you you're devoted. Um, the second one is where you're aggressive and selfish. And even if you have, even if you don't come off as mean, if you do, a, like if you perform a service for somebody else, it's only because uh-huh. you're you expect something in return so right. so uh, it's described as self-important obstinate swept away by the pride of wealth they ostentatiously perform sacrifices without any regard for their purpose egotistical violent arrogant lustful angry envious of everyone they abuse my presence within their own bodies and in the bodies of others and so it's like and it just goes it's like pages and pages describing um, these three different types, and then like the third type is more um a person who who doesn't take action who's uh, stays like unaware and like depressed or or something like that so like this there's this whole big category that of and it's like this spiritual personality, and it's like everything they do it 's like I have this today, but I want more tomorrow, and this is mine, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to destroy that guy because he's an enemy, and I don't like my enemies, and I'm the best, I'm successful. And it's like all this stuff is written in these ancient words.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a recycling of wisdom. that When I did the Bible project, reading Ecclesiastes, I was like, oh, this really resonates with me. I like this Ecclesiastes, and it felt very current and relevant in a way that shocked me but yeah i wonder if if trump's tweets in a way and i looked at this doing this and this helped me get through the project was to go to think are his tweets a cry for help and are is his behavior a way of reaching out saying hey i'm i'm immature i'm i'm floundering give me wisdom help me grow i need i need something in my soul that i'm not getting and i like and he's broadcasting out in order to get something back.
0: Well, do you think that there's any authenticity when he starts to um, talk, you know, God bless America, and there's only one God in his tweets? I mean, like, this is stuff that clearly he had no belief in before. Um, yeah, no,
1: he's he's atheist. Uh, I, I, clear, I think he's totally atheist, or, you know, maybe I agnostic. Mean, he's just an atheist. He doesn't care. I mean, like, yeah, he doesn't care one way or the other about God or church or anything like that.
0: Yeah, because um, it's like I, I think I think everybody sees through uh, those sentiments, and it's like yeah, except for voters, I guess.
1: No, I don't. I don't think. So. I mean, I think they're just like, oh, that's part of the game. It's and like somebody I,
0: wrote that, <laughs>
1: and a lot of times, yeah, that's one thing. Like, did Trump tweet that is a good site to say what's the probability that this was actually Trump because he does have other people kind of fill the gaps, and a lot of the a lot of the tweets that I read. It, You know, really, it's not thirty thousand tweets because a lot of them are quoting his book, retweeting somebody else, or saying something completely inane, like you know, "God bless America," which was done by an assistant, and you can just kind of skim over all those.
0: Well, it's Um, funny when it was when everybody was joking, but not joking. There was what twenty four hours or more when he didn't tweet, and everybody was like, "Oh, Kellyanne took his phone away,"
1: right. Right.
0: And it, it it's like, yeah, because you know, people are telling you, you gotta like bone up here. I mean, don't be such a jerk.
1: And he probably was able to do it for yeah, a day and then
0: And then stole um, his phone back.
1: And then was like, No, that I'm getting I'm getting more what I want by doing this and saw the consequences.
0: An unsecure phone, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now and now, you know, and Twitter's policy is like if you tell the president, you know, you're a fucking asshole, they put you in Twitter jail. Right. And uh, you know, so the free speech of Twitter, uh, you know, doesn't apply universally. Um Oh, well which, there's
1: no free speech. I mean, it's a it's a corporation.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. You have to agree to their terms. It's just that if you have the verified check, you know, right. it makes a difference because other people get trolled every day, and without that blue check, Twitter doesn't give a shit.
1: Oh, really? What does the blue check do? Like, it... um,
0: it's just like that—you're verifying that you are who you are. It's a a of right. validation, um, you know. So celebrities have them. Although it, I'm absolutely astonished how many comic book people have them. It's
1: yeah, weird. I hustled and got one. I emailed them, and
0: yeah, I did.
1: I, it was funny. I was at a bar. In Berkeley, one night, and I'm sitting there drinking, and uh, there's everybody's talking about this school called Walden, which was in um, uh, a Berkeley school, uh, elementary school or you know middle school, and they're talking about sort of what's happening. At Walden, and I was like, oh, I I went to Walden, and they look at me like, no, we're not talking about the pond, we're talking about the school that's here in town. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, I went to Walden. <laughs> they're like, what? and i said yeah back in you know the 70s <laughs> it's like that's that was my school and so you know we're all talking and um and then you know what do you do and blah 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 and one of the guys you know i was like oh you know jeremy and I was, oh what do you do and he's like oh i do uh this sort of volunteer work at this place and this other thing and blah 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 and he sort of like hedged around about stuff um and he's kind of a punk rocker guy and we were talking about like the Gilman Project and, cause he was like, oh, I'm getting a house by the, you know, down Gilman and Fifth or something like that. And I was like, oh, let's do the Gilman Project. And he's like, oh yeah, the Gilman. Project. So we talked about that. And then eventually he, he's like, I was like, yeah, so how do you do this? And what do you do? And he's like, oh, well, I helped start, uh, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you're one of the six, you, you were the original six. And, but he he had like an embarrassment to it that ran against his punk rock ethos. So it was just interesting that, I, uh, and so you know I didn't bug him about it because he didn't really want to talk about it. But I was really curious, like what he was thinking. Like those what guys who are
0: me. weekend bikers, you know, like they think <laughs> they go to their Wall Street job Monday through Friday, and then they have some <laughs> yeah, a Harley Davidson that they drive on the weekends. They think they're tough.
1: He was. I liked him. I mean, you know, he was. Yeah, he. I mean, he was doing stuff in Hawaii and doing, like, education stuff and environment well, that's stuff. that's good. And, I'm
0: glad some yeah. it has come from the money that, you know, they're obviously swimming in.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't dressed fancy or anything. I mean, like, he wasn't – he was just – and he was – you know, there's the this Bay Area kind of embarrassment of success that he was suffering sure. from. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, you know, a few people like that are like that and –
0: I don't know. I don't know because it's like it seems like our culture just everything is about uh, the financial aspects of success. Like nobody cares if yeah. you're nobody cares if you're spiritually successful or if you're mentally, you know, the, the fact that you, you go through your day and haven't gunned down your coworkers, like that nobody considers that a success.
1: Well, the it's, Bay Area is different. I mean, like there's there's a guilt with financial success there and a shame Where from the hippies? Yeah. 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 It's an anti-establishment. It's real. Mm. Like when I would be in the Bay Area and I would have that and be like, oh, you're turning 16. You should get a car. And I just wanted like the funkiest car possible that I could pay for myself. And then I go to Texas and everybody uh, at all levels of income would get a brand new car when they turned 16. And I was I felt guilty about having a, a A Toyota from 1976 like that's what I ended up buying for you know $400 that I could afford and I wanted to work for it and buy it myself it was just so different where they're like no I want a six cylinder yeah so it's definitely the Bay Area has a slightly different um, ethos about these things
0: yeah I'd love to to visit sometime because I, I had the pleasure of going up to Woodstock for a day I don't know if you've been there yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, it's such a charming, adorable town. <laughs>
1: yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god, I could
0: not believe. I'm like, I just want to stay here. Like, I never want to leave. It's like, I don't know if, if I guess like if Mr. Rogers smoked a lot of weed. I don't. It's <laughs> there were white picket fences, and every other address was a yoga studio. <laughs> Right.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and, and all of the, the artisans, because there were so many different kinds of art, all, all the artisan boutiques and galleries, like, you know, that stuff, like, that was, there was like this great big painting of a black cat and I had just adopted my cat. And so I was like, oh, it looks like Gus, And it was like, I don't know, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I was just like, <laughs> 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 I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no, you're you're looking at the wrong person. That's um, great. like, you know, like my car really is beat up and used and my clothes do come from thrift stores. <laughs> right, right. You're not, it's not a put on, it's like, a genuine, I mean, yeah. yeah. like, you know, and, and it's just so funny because like there was a pair of jeans there that had Superman, like, um, like bed sheets cut up and patched onto them. And so this boutique was selling them for $300. Because somebody, <laughs> <Right>. somebody, sewed, <laughs> like repurposed sheets onto, and it's. Just, yeah, I like, had patches
1: on my clothes because my clothes needed patches. It's
0: so ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, dude, you've never taken a 50% off coupon and gone to the sale rack.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and in Berkeley, too, like now it really has changed where there's a bunch of old hippies, but then there's these sort of middle-aged professionals and then young trust fund.
0: Yeah. So... Well, that's it's, like because you're close to yes. um, like the the all those computer genius areas, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and San Francisco has like a 0.1 percent uh, vacancy rate in their in their re- real estate right now. Like the wow, yeah, it's a crazy, it's a yeah, it's a crazy high level, hardcore city or area. I mean, like it's or megapolis. I mean, it's a city that mm. is spreads out over you know five cities.
0: Right. Right. So, you could do your job from anywhere so why why do you stay there
1: The food, the community, the art scene um the weather um, and then and then there is some merit to uh, being around a place like the you, you know you like I'm near dark horse in portland so when i have a problem i go down there in person Uh and they're going to pay more attention to me because i go into the office and then i'm a you know same i think with the with the telecommuting of, of the bay area it's like if you're working for i don't know google or pixar or whatever you know you go down you're in the office and you have your meetings and are seen so um and then maybe it's status symbol too where there's like okay I've got a 2 million dollar home and it shows that I'm successful and people want that symbol.
0: It sounds so nice over yeah. there cuz I've never seen the west coast.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. So it's so I just like I I just drool over people's like Instagram photos and like I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, it's all fiction. I mean like that's it's the west coast is it's a you know especially Southern color like this, is where fiction is created. You know, like yeah. they're
0: it is it's the, all fantasy, right there. It's just yeah, like, it's, it's
1: that's a profession is is fantasy creation. So it's yeah, kind
0: of cool. It's, it's like, theme, it's, yeah. like you, it's like an amusement park with like different you know the different countries of of <laughs> Disney or whatever you know. Right,
1: exactly. That's California. Small world, after all. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it, it, pluses and minuses, but um. Yeah, I've, I've I've liked it, but I I've been displaced from, mm-hmm. you know, I can't live in the Bay Area because of, yeah, it's too expensive for me. I was listening to somebody talk about like, you know, oh these gentrification of places, and I was like, oh that's too bad. These people and getting, you know, a place gets gentrified and they get they get pushed out, and God, that must really be terrible. And I was, you know, I was having that, you know, sort of like. You know, White know, liberal. Yeah, and then I realized, like, wait, I've been displaced. I'm like, <laughs> there's no way I can live in the Bay Area, even in a tiny little house. I'd have to work two yeah. jobs, and
0: my, there's no way. And yeah. yeah, my friend is in Park Slope, and he can never leave because he's in a rent control place. <laughs> he's like, you don't understand. He's like, and he lives. He, he described it as like some like dive, like you know, little tiny itty bitty place. And he's like, these hipsters moved in. And now these places, he's like, I was literally stepping over people with needles in their arms. And he's like, and now it's like your fancy mustard store is on the corner and your, your place that only sells pickles. And, uh, I mean, and yeah. all the rent is like, you know, $5,000 a month. <laughs> well,
1: that does I give can... me an idea for a cartoon where you have like. A series of stores, and each one sells also sandwich something artisan. Part. Yeah, yeah, sandwich. Right, and then the end of the block is a place that will put together your artisan sandwich. Yes. For you, so it's like six shops to make a sandwich. Yes. We'll,
0: um, the Henry Port. We'll Ford, see
1: if that can play. Yeah, yeah.
0: Henry Ford gentrification. <laughs> yeah,
1: I like that. That's good.
0: That's yeah, a good little
1: concept.
0: But but this but talking about like the mortgage and stuff reminds me, um, Katie Cook is. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, she's hilarious to talk to, but, like, following her online is so hysterical because she'll talk about her kids and all of these animals, and she had they, – they were trying to buy a house. So, first, it was this drama of how the mortgage companies wouldn't approve her as a cartoonist because she couldn't verify her Star Wars money or My Little right. Pony money. It's like, right. My Little Pony in Star Wars. Like, I mean, are you fucking kidding? And – You know, they're like, but you're freelance. We don't want to take a risk on you. And then, you know, know, she goes through the same thing of trying to buy a car. (laughs) She's like, well, you're trying to get a car loan, but you're a freelance cartoonist? What? And the the funniest one, though, was that they went to go get a couple more kittens to add to their menagerie. And the adoption center place was like, your cartoons, we're not sure about your ability to um, provide for these animals.
1: Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> she
0: had, if she had to go, like, the, I don't know, like, a different shelter, just to be able to get, like, a couple of cats that would have been killed. Wow. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, we Yeah, we're not sure if you taking care of the cats is better than death. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know. About...
0: That's, we don't know about that Star Wars thing. We don't know if that's going anywhere. If you'll, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's horrible! What an invalidating experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, so is it? I mean, do you do you go through that kind of stuff too? It's, oh yeah
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, one night, like the New Yorker has such weight to it, and I was at the bar the other another night, and I'm talking with some guy and. And he's saying, you know, what do you do? And I said, Oh, I, I'm I cartoon. And again, this is a very Bay Area thing that I find myself doing where I'll downplay everything. And he's like, Oh, do you get published? I like, Yeah, I get published. He's like, Oh, what do you you know, what do you do? I like, Oh, I do so, so, um, underground comics and I appear in some magazines off. and No, I just don't want to. And then I I, I, I finally said, Okay, there's no way I can say this without sounding like an asshole, but I get published in the New Yorker. <laughs> and we both started laughing because he knew exactly, because it, yeah, it sounds pretentious. It sounds like you're, it's, you know, uh,
0: like your yeah, sofa is going to pick you up when you're done with your martini. Right. I, yeah. I just left
1: my monocle in my back pocket, but let me get it out for you. It's, uh, um, yeah, so that's helped a lot. Yeah, the, the New Yorker does have a, old school resonance that validates. So yeah, My Little Pony in Star Wars, that is kind of, it's it's heavy money, but it doesn't have that, um, that echo of nobility or echo right. of legitimacy. So, but yeah, most, when it gets to real money, like going into the bank and saying, yeah, I'm freelancing this, it's, what's your income? Like, well, it's variable. Like last year I did great, the year before I did terrible. You know, like <laughs> next year, I don't know. <laughs> um, now you
0: have Trump content, <laughs>
1: right? Maybe this book will sell, and maybe it won't. And I'm a gambler. That's what I am. Um, yeah, that's yeah. It's tough because that's it's abnormal and it's outside the system. And I think I squeaked in when I was buying my house on the last, right before the crisis, where they tightened up all the reins. Where they were, they were still giving out mortgages to dead people and i think that's where (laughs) cartoonist is like one notch above dead so oh well there you go i I squeaked in there um but now i i don't think even though i'm making more money now i don't think that i could do the same thing so and i no idea buying a car how that would uh, it sounds (laughs) horrible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, there's an East Coast thing that
0: is just so great, is that you don't have to buy a car. Oh, you, you do don't. where I live. Really? Unless you plan on taking your horse 20 miles. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, and that was, like, when we moved here, it was obviously really very different. There were no strip malls. So, like, it was a 20-minute trip if you ran out of milk and eggs. Um, But, you know, so it's a little bit different now. We had no bagels. This is, like, the the... Thing that people love to hear. We had no bagels. You had to drive forty-five minutes to get a bagel.
1: That sounds like a fifties novelty song.
0: I know, really. Like,
1: we had no bagels, and then like yeah, no we, hats can, and I, we had no bagels.
0: <laughs> I, to, I should I should send that to one of yeah, the steampunk musicians because it needs a cor- <laughs> that totally needs accordion music like.
1: It does. It does, and a ukulele and.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Make sure. I, Those, uh, the guys from this way to the egress, uh, make sure they they get uh, on that.
1: I love buying the, like, when I find old music, like the old, there's these novelty songs from the 20s, and I I just bought one last week. It's like, you know, five bucks. You get this, but it's a beautiful kind of window in the past, but like four great comic songs, and the first one is Oh, What a Hat. (laughs) (laughs) And another one is Oysters, rah, rah, rah. Like, but, what a this is great. <laughs> but
0: seriously, some of the classic poetry is the same way, which whether it was like a Bronte or whoever like they're literally wrote like eight lines about a bee on a flower. Right. <laughs> I, you know.
1: Although my comics are pretty inane too, like oh, let me obsess on how to you know what the cat's doing, or something. You know <laughs> now
0: they have Ani DeFranco. I'm just saying. There's, there's <laughs> be on a flower, and <laughs> right, and then there's that's great. Then there's vagina monologues. Right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Ugh. that's what that meant.
1: I once tried the, to write a uh, a a sequel to the. I, I, it was a gag, but I, I it's like the sequel to the vagina monologues was that. Um, Clitoris soliloquy. Oh,
0: see? Poor little
1: thing left alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it, I, every now and again, I'll try to write sequels to, like, uh, oh, what was the other one that I was working on? The, um, uh, Waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. And so the sequel would be Godot comes, and he turns out to be a real bore. So they're like, the sequel would be Waiting for Godot to Leave? leave?
0: And it would be three of yeah. them on
1: stage, basically a repeat of Waiting for Godot, which I kind of hate. But, you know, anyway, sequels.
0: But it's, but it's, you know, it's sort of how memes, like, evolve and they get taken up a notch and a notch and a notch. Because I remember when we, when we first spoke years ago, we were talking about the cat on a Roomba. Oh, yeah. And now there's, like, a cat on a Roomba in a shark costume. Now there's cat on a Roomba in a shark costume with a baby in a shark costume chasing it. So it looks like two right. shark's running around the kitchen. And then it be like, oh, but we gotta have, like, the, the little, you know, I don't know, the puppy in the... It's like they just keep going up and up and up. And, and
1: it's a language in and of itself, and so we don't even know the root word of that. You know, why is this Roomba? What is a Roomba? And you know what is this why is there you know three cars in a Roomba like how is this funny <laughs> you know like but yeah it just evolves out of the source that's interesting
0: well I, I even like in the the novels when I was writing them I was afraid to use things that might be dated in a couple years I'm like how do you know like you were talking about your you know your speculations on whether things are going to go a certain way, I was like, how, how do we know Facebook's not going to go like MySpace did? Like, oh, it will. It you know, definitely will. I mean, someday it will. And so it's like, so if I'm writing these novels and I write Facebook, it's like, you know, is that going to sound terrible in five years?
1: Yeah. My friends, when I first, I don't know if we said this last time, but when I first got the, the cartoon in The New Yorker and they were saying, you know, I was like, oh, you know, so happy I got a cartoon in. Oh, you know, what what is it? Two cats talking, yeah, saying something pithy that's funny now, but you'll have to explain to your kids because it doesn't make sense. And I mean, they just went on and on deconstructing it. They didn't know what the cartoon was and they threw darts and hit bullseyes. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes that's that exactly it. what it is. <laughs> Two cats talking, they're saying something pithy. It won't be funny in five years. It's a, yeah. And they're that's, on
0: Roombas, yeah. No. <laughs> and they're on Roombas, yeah. <laughs>
1: That was a cartoon, yeah. Didn't I see you on YouTube riding a Roomba? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I have
1: had to explain to people what a Roomba is. and
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: What uh, YouTube is.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm still waiting for Rosie, the robot maid from the Jetsons, you know, and then oh, it's creepy yeah. that there's some shit like that out there. There was a friend of mine um, uh, was, like, working in security or something. There was, like, some big, like, trade conference or something about security and it was like this this crazy oh, like this robot that does everything and it's like seriously you're going to okay fine it's not armed but you're seriously given a robot security guard duties right now. Like,
1: Yeah it has facial recognition funny mm-hmm. because Mark who I did the bible with in his um, when he wrote the press comic he wrote about a robot security guard and kind of the malfunctioning And then shortly after, they had that press release where they're like, we are installing these facial recognition robots that will talk to you. They'll interface so you can go up and ask information. So they're multifunctional, but it was... Mark had no idea that that was a real thing. He was doing a parody. And then within a month, like, the parody he was doing was a reality. It's
0: like Star Trek. That's just absurd. Although I'm still waiting for a teleporter. But... It's so it's so true and it's so scary because there's like only like certain people you know you can make RoboCop jokes with because right. then like they did that reboot which failed I guess but it was it, you know it's one of those things where it's like if they haven't remade the movie then it's like just our generation that's gonna get this joke. Right. You know, they're they're not gonna understand what O C P is.
1: <laughs> or or Tyrell Corporation or Yeah.
0: Yeah. All uh, that.
1: Yeah. My mother, do you wanna know about my mother? Yeah, all the little lines. Yeah, in my, I, I teach a cartoon class and sometimes I'll reference something and if it's not within the last five years then it's unless it's been, yeah, reboot, remade in some terrible way that's oh, it's interesting. It's funny. Yeah, it's either been endlessly regurgitated and cemented into our culture, or mm-hmm. it's gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's no middle class of, oh, we kind of vaguely know these things. We vaguely know, you know, we have this. I keep having to explain to a friend of mine who will make a joke and then explain it. I said, no, we've got the same library of information. <laughs> if you make a Star Trek joke. I will get it. Like, I know what the Tribbles are. I know, you know, the Tholians' web. I know... I've watched every Star Trek, as you have. Like, I've read these same books that you have. Like, you don't need to explain Master and Commander joke to me. <laughs> you
0: know? See, and I, I didn't... Uh, I see, This is where the thing... Like, I only have, like, limited Star Trek. So, I didn't get the meme about the four lights that was about... Oh, yeah. The the, that's Next
1: Generation, too. That's not okay. even real Star Trek.
0: Okay, yeah. So, but yeah, so I so it was like some sort of Trump thing. and I'm like, okay, now I feel left out of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: YouTube, not YouTube, but the Netflix,
0: which yeah. we'll have
1: to explain in five years what Netflix was. Really, but there is an amazing ability to consume things from our past. Historical and that's kind
0: documents. Of, yeah, yeah. You want to watch
1: all the old Star Treks? You know, like here you go.
0: Yeah and that's because uh oh what the hell there's a there's a new mcfarland show coming out where it's like it's a further spoof like galaxy quest was a spoof of star trek well now there's like a new show with uh, mcfarland coming out uh, which is like even spoofier apparently i don't know
1: so uh, well i you know star trek was a spoof like that's the thing is like you know, like they—it they, was perfect, and I don't see why spoofing Star Trek. Because it's—I mean, Chatner overacted. Yeah, it's that was kind of funny, and I like that he overacted. It doesn't need to be explained to me that he overacted. You know, like that <laughs> doesn't do anything more for me. I'm kind of resentful of some of those. Hey, Galaxy Quest is all right, though. That was pretty. Had some moments.
0: Yeah, I can probably quote that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! It was so great because
0: every time Sigourney Weaver was shown, her zipper was down just a little bit more. (laughs) 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 Funny.
1: I was in a um, friend of mine was working at MTV, so he calls me and he's like, "Oh, there's that during San Diego." He's like, "Come over to the hotel, this room, blah blah." So. I go in, and, and they were having artists draw while they would interview celebrities. So you'd have a cartoonist drawing things. And so he set me up. So I'm sitting there drawing, waiting. And, and I, people on the radio are like, he's in the building. He's coming in. He's here. Yeah, okay, he's going up the elevator. And then William Shatner comes in. So it's William Shatner, me, and two film guys, like an interviewer, and then two people doing the filming, like a sound guy and a camera guy. And I was like, you know, wow! It was just a nice thing for my friend to set me up with.
0: But the interviewer
1: at one point says, "Yeah, we have all these conventions. We've got, um, we've got Star Trek conventions. You've even had like the tech conventions. Uh, you know, like Star Trek Con, Tech Con, um, like everything you've been in. There's sort of a convention for. Do you think there's going to be a hooker con that you attend? Oh, no.
0: a <laughs> <laughs> long, long.
1: It was pretty great, and, and, and you know, he just he rolled with it, and he flipped it on the oh, guy. And,
0: yeah.
1: he, and he was like, well, you know, what am I doing here?" Anyways, and then, and so and then the guy said, "Yeah, you know, I aspired, the interviewer." He's like, "I aspired to be an actor myself, and I went to this place." And did you think that you being an actor, and it, and it, and like he's going on about his own resume as an
0: Oh, no. Shatner.
1: It interrupts him, and he says, "Let's uh, let's get back to the important things of like what I came here to talk about." Me,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I was like, That's wow, so him.
1: Just, he just owned the room. It was just funny. I mean, it's you know, it was over the top and very intentional and very deliberate, and it was great. It was.
0: I wonder, you know, it's one of those things where I wonder if he would be who he was, is today if it wasn't for Star Trek. I mean, the the not just the celebrity of it, but that sort of that icon status you know like you know, oh
1: not at all no he yeah he that show
0: if he had it, it, gone on to do something else like start in soap operas for 10 years or something you know like
1: yeah it's kind of one of those unfortunate but great things at the same time where you have a role that so fits you that they become indistinguishable like I mean uh Leonard Nimoy did that too or mm-hmm. Jack Ham being in in um uh Mad Men, you know, like, th- every time you see Jack Hamm, you just think of Don Draper. Like, he is Don Draper, and it's going to be very difficult for him to break out of that persona. I would like Dave when, Sim doing yeah. Cerebus. Like, he is going to be Cerebus.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and sometimes they never quite make it, and other times they just kind of have to play off it, like Will Wheaton.
1: Who's, yeah.
0: Who's just, like... He's just rolling with it. He's like, all right, yeah, I guess I'll play myself.
1: (laughs) And Nimoy fought it for a while, and you know, I am not Spock.
0: Yes. And then
1: he tried to do all these things to, and then, and then he embraced it and said, oh, you know, like actually, I'll just accept this and move forward. And it seemed like Shatner never really had that conflict of um, conscience or something. I struggle. I mean, on a much obviously much like a million times smaller degree of just doing too much coffee, man. And then how do I get out from under this? Because I was constantly, oh, you're the too much coffee man guy. Right. And you know, it's like, eh.
0: well, that's, it's something that I talk about with other writers a lot too, is um, that some people feel really forced to have separate names for their publications, separate pen names specifically to use as branding because people don't like the idea of, well, you write grown up books but you also write kids' books. It's like you know right. what? Like Madonna put out a kid's book. Like, can you just get over this? Right. <laughs> she did.
1: Um yeah. And yeah, but if Mo Williams you know, wrote some pornography, that would be really weird. <laughs> Here's a whole, what, Piggy and Bird and Piggy or something that's his line of kids' books that are
0: oh, pretty great,
1: but I was thinking about that. It's like, what if he did something adult, like, really adult? I was
0: like, that would be Yeah, but isn't, be weird. isn't that what, um, what, Was it, Craig Yeo? Isn't that what those books are? Like, you know, he got fired from D.C. or something, so he made all his porn comics look like Lois and Superman.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. But that's great. It's
0: Craig's something.
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, I should check that out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're the the old, uh, you know, because it's that old pulpy style, uh, you know. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah, culturally, I mean, do people that you know and they do that, does that help them or does that hurt them by having these different identities that they're trying to work under or...
0: I don't know. I think... I think some artists are fine sticking to what they're good at, and I think other artists are willing to spread their wings. Right. And it's, you know, that's one of those things. We were talking about spirituality, and you have to figure out what's true for you. You know, what's your dharma, Shannon? What's your dharma? (laughs) Well, the New Yorker
1: things have been a blast. Like, that is, and then the Trump book is a nice synthesis of, Various other old projects and but yeah, getting out from too much coffee man was you know a ten year project kind of um and I tried a lot of things that didn't get me out from there, and The New Yorker was the only thing that had the weight to do it. It's interesting,
0: mhm so are you doing like a any kind of big signing tour or something fun? for, for this, I don't know. Fun? <laughs> it's,
1: well, it's, work. Um, it's work. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I will. Once it hits, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the East Coast. I got a few places in the Midwest. Um, maybe Texas. I'd like to go back to Austin. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, and I'm starting. I'm starting here in the West Coast. There's a, a local shop that said, um, you know, just as I was starting the book, he goes if you do this book, I'll buy 200 copies on day one and we'll have a big signing. (laughs) Okay. And that kind of pushed me over the top, him saying that. And I know it was two beers in and, um, but it's still, I was like, wow, there's, there's a pull for this. This is a, you know, it's interesting. You know, there's a zeitgeist on this and that was before all these other things, um, happened. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to try to hit a a bunch of places, and this is, now is the time when I have to shift gears, and that's one really difficult thing, is to go from being creative gear of, let me take this stuff and try to write and draw these comics and try to make sense of it, to let me now do podcasts and go on tour signing and set up things, like the logistics of doing a signing in New York, like. Where do I go? Who do I, how do I do it? Or
0: Don't North Carolina. do you to do that stuff and take care of y'all? And I think
1: those, those days have gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what, um, you have um, the books coming out, like I said, through Top Shelf. So how uh, was it just you just went there? You didn't worry about pitching this to anybody else? You were just familiar with them because of the other work?
1: Yeah, they've been really good. And actually, yeah, they do have a lot of – there is, um, you know, a PR guy who's been really good and then an editor and graphics, like hooking me up with a graphics person who makes it look better and then gave me people to bounce things off of and I didn't have to worry about – I thought about doing it as a Kickstarter. It was between this and a Kickstarter. Okay. And it was close because I thought a Kickstarter – I might be able to make forty grand up front, and on this I'll make five grand, and then over the course of time, maybe make an, you know forty grand, but maybe not. Um, and I would know with a Kickstarter too whether it's successful or not. I can say like, okay, this is my, you know, the, the six month nut that I need to live on for you know, um, not to go into too much like not
0: talking money oat, details. Not not oatmeal money. Not... Not. <laughs>
1: Right. Still pretty much oatmeal money. I don't know. The oatmeal's gotten expensive. It's like, you know, you get the steel-cut, you know, organic oatmeal. That's like seven bucks a pound. That's just not cheap. Um, <laughs> you want the good stuff. Um, it takes four hours to cook. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Uh, I've made that. Same thing with rice. Like, um, yeah,
1: like, wait, what happened? I thought rice was two minutes. That's what the commercial.
0: Yeah.
1: No, no, you got the artisan stuff. That's a pain in the ass. Oh, great. Um,
0: All right. So, but, yeah, so, so people yeah, can kind of, like, keep, keep up with you somehow so that they can follow, like, if, in case you're coming to their area. And,
1: Twitter is the best. Twitter? And that's the atmuchcoffee um, Twitter handle, I guess. And then, obviously, through, like, the top shelf is, is helping organize a lot of stuff. Um, and then I have a website of uh, TMCM, which is short for toomuchcoffeeman.com. Um, Facebook, Googling, a quick Google, you know, all that stuff is kind of vomited up, so.
0: Okay. I mean, look at you, you got a Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: A couple. One for me, one for, uh, the comic, one for the opera. I don't know. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's re- compl- wrong, left and right on the Wiki page, too.
0: <laughs> and it's Are a you-
1: total pain in the butt that, you know, you gotta call up your friends, like, hey, my dad didn't leave my mom to go start a commune. They met on the commune. Like, can you fix this?
0: <laughs> you can't just like fix it. That doesn't count as no. like authentic. Uh, authentic. Uh, what do I call it? Authenti- authenticity right. or authentication? Um, no. Uh, yeah.
1: No. If anything, it's so it, it's a, if they if your friends admit that they're a friend of yours, then it's a partisan change. And it's discredited because you're soliciting and encouraging a, a Even if it is a correction, it's not even... Because politicians and bullshit people go in and they want things to be flattering
0: mm-hmm.
1: when their lives are... It doesn't necessarily reflect their lives, you know. So people are selling stuff. Like they're trying to paint a picture that is, you know, not, not a photorealistic one.
0: Well, you're very humble, as we know, from that whole Bay Area thing.
1: (laughs) More like insecure than humble, but sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, okay, Twitter is MuchCoffee and uh, TMCM.com for everything else, I guess. Um, And uh, if you guys are, you know, staying in uh, the stream of comic news, then um, Top Shelf, you'll probably see releases from that and whatnot.
1: But oh, and then Dark Horse, they just did a reissue of my Omni- the Too Much Coffee Man Omnibus. I
0: think it's And Dark massive. Horse has
1: been... It is, and it's cheap, too. They priced it at like 30 bucks or something. It's crazy. It's hardback.
0: It's, it's ginormous.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. I kind of wish they'd charge more for it. it, it uh... Well,
0: I have a soft cover version.
1: This one has some color pages. It's that pain in the ass thing where we changed about fifteen pages in it. So it's
0: a new version. Just so version. that, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I don't know. It's 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 the same thing. It's you know, it's the same joke over and over again. Anyway,
0: <laughs> but then you have to refile it and get a new ISBN number and
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
1: No, we added color. I think there's like I think there's about a hundred new pages or something like that. There's there's a bunch of new stuff that I've done since the first omnibus and so we just expanded it so this is the omnibus plus
0: i mean it's like a coffee table book and it, you know by next year you'll actually be able to just stick legs under it and use it yes. as a coffee table <laughs> which is
1: the good kramer joke that nobody will remember
0: oh yeah
1: coffee table book about coffee, coffee tables,
0: tables
1: which turns into a coffee table yeah, yeah. that was great
0: all right. Well, Shannon, I'll let you go back to your, um, you know, ridiculously fun one. Oh,
1: I know in this conversation, I think Trump has tweeted three times. So I've got...
0: You've got so much work to do.
1: Three more cartoons to draw up here.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: No, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. It really it was a good... It's always good. So,
0: so look for Shit My President Says uh, <laughs> coming out this summer very soon. Um, and follow Shannon, because he's amazing, and and we'll have to talk more than once every four years, because that's... Absolutely,
1: yeah, no, I'm going to be, yeah, yeah, you got to come out to San Diego, or when I am out in New York, I'll see you, or, yeah for sure, I got to have a a vodka with you is what I got to have, that's that's what's going to happen.
0: Seriously, I like myself a, a good lemon martini, man.
1: I'll drink the vodka, you drink the coffee, I think that's...
0: Oof, yeah <laughs> i have i keep you know i do keep my coffee usually in the morning i'm pretty good about it. that's I'm good i'm having cranberry tea right now that a, a sweet friend sent to me so a oh, friend said
1: that uh, uh coffee and alcohol is the yin and yang of modern life
0: i so. love it i, love, I was like wish oh.
1: you know, that was my quote
0: I had to read another, like, spirituality book, and, like, the guy is talking about cutting out caffeine and detoxing, and I'm like, dude, hell no. It's like, I will keep some demons. <laughs> some of the demons are going to stay.
1: Toxins are my identity, so. Yeah. There you like,
0: go. I mean, I'm never going to be Zen, I, but, okay, we have an understanding uh, now.
1: You're more Zen than most Zen people, so
0: you've got that. <laughs> cool. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Shannon. You guys, oh, yeah, don't forget to follow me, too, because, you know, I tweet a lot at Elizabeth Amber.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Elizabeth Amber, and it's Amber on on Instagram, um, which is mostly cat pictures. <laughs> um, so if you need inspiration, you know where to go for cartooning. Um, there's cats in a stroller, cats on leashes, whatever. Oh wow! Mean. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my boy is ridiculous. He's, uh, he, he's, he's my a spoiled child. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, so, all right, guys. Till next time.